Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 77, and we are here to bring you guys the latest and greatest news in regards to all things Mexican national team. What we talk about L3's shocking victory and penalties against Costa Rica. And then, of course, we're going to be previewing the game against Haiti in the semifinal for tomorrow in uh, over there in Phoenix, Arizona. So plenty and plenty to talk about. We'll also be breaking down a little bit some of the Club America news. Obviously, the Colossus Cup is going to be uh, happening for us on Wednesday as well. We'll have news about that. And the Giovanni Dos Santos rumors that are starting to heat up yet again. We'll get to all of that much, much later in the podcast. But first, we'll kick things off with the Mexican national team news. And as always... Let me introduce my co-host for tonight. It's just us two back to the original Eagle Eye Boys for this <laughs> podcast. It's the one, the only, Mr. Cowboy Dan. Dylan, how are we? Hey, Ivan. Doing great, man. How about yourself? Doing, doing good. Doing good. On a Monday. It's been a while since we've been on a Monday. I know, right? It's how it kind of first started. First started out some random day we'd pick and then we'd just podcast. And then it was Mondays. Now it's, then it was Tuesdays. But it's back to how it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. It's definitely uh that definitely back to the to the roots of things. So um, we're gonna make it quick, short, and sweet to every single one of you guys. We wanna prolong you guys for uh for any longer than we have to. We'll try to get through all the news, and uh, hopefully, since it's just us two, we won't veer and steer for that much uh that much further than we already usually do. Although I will say it's usually us two who start the the side tangent conversations. I blame you the most. Uh, I guess that is on me. Um, okay, well, uh, we do want to say uh, a quick shout-out to our good friend and our good co-host, Christian Rosendo, who unfortunately couldn't be here today. But uh, we'll definitely be bringing you guys plenty and plenty of stuff uh, in the upcoming week in regards to uh, Las Aguilas de la América and everything in regards to that for the Eagle Eye podcast. But we won't talk about that yet. We're going to talk about the Mexican national team. Mexico went up against Costa Rica on Saturday in what was looking to be an easy win and an easy step into the semifinal. But as always, Mexico found a way to complicate themselves, and we found ourselves 120 minutes plus of overtime and penalty shootouts in which we were nail-biting ourselves and hoping whether or not the Mexican national team was going to make it into the next round. So, Dylan, we talked about this game. You guys talked about this game in the last podcast. Of course, I wasn't around here. But, yeah, you know, you guys talked to, you know, our good friend, Miscari Torres, as well. And, you know, the the interesting thing about it is we came into this game very confident. And, you know, after 120 minutes go by, a whole penalty shootout, you're, you're, you're very reliant and reluctant that your goalkeeper is who he is and the way that you guys go about it. How do you feel after that game in, in, in the roller coaster that it was? I, I mean, just in, in, in a brief, short sentence, how, how could you put it in regards after everything was all said and done? Um, to me, it was, it was just that, like, disappointed but not surprised kind of face for me. Um, yeah, even, even if you go back and listen to it, you know, I, I felt I was pretty confident going to this game. I felt like uh, um, the competition was going to be there, you know. Uh, I don't think necessarily – Costa Rica went toe-to-toe, especially to start the game like um, Matosa said that they would. But, you know, they, 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 gave it, they gave it to us. You know, a very, very frustration um, was building up with the team. But, you know, at the end, you know, it's, it's not the game that you really wanted to see. You expected it to be done in 90 minutes. But, unfortunately, we took, they took us all the way to penalties, which I think at the end of the day, you got to give some props to Costa Rica sticking around that long. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not to say that, you know, you don't give credit to where credit is due because Costa Rica went out and played their game. But if, if anything, I feel like the Mexican national team actually did far less than what we expected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, that's, that, and you know, leading up leading up to just the Gold Cup in general, you know, I, one of the things I said is that, um, you know, you see whenever you saw the two friendlies prior to the start of the Gold Cup, you know, you see that the team had some chances. And, you know, obviously didn't really put those away. And, you know, that's one thing that I said is, you know, you're going to have your chances and you're going to need to bury those because, um, especially in the group stage, you know, when goal differential matters, you never know what could have happened. And then now, now you see an example of, of what uh, the quarterfinal was against Costa Rica. Um, you know, you, put, you don't put your chances away. You end up going to extra time like you did with Costa Rica in a game you, you probably really shouldn't have because we had plenty of chances, plenty of chances to score, to get ahead. And everything. It's just that at the end of the day, they just didn't fall to us. That we obviously we only found the back of the net w- once, right before halftime. But 
you know, those those chances that you have to put away. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? The funny thing is, I guess you can find a correlation of, of the Mexican national team and America in this because it's something that we talked about throughout the whole last season was how America continuously had chance after chance, and then they were putting it away. And it seems like the Mexican national team is starting to be falling down in the same road as, as our Aguilas. I know, and, and, you know, if you think about it, if you think about it too, you know, the first game on the Tata that they don't score more than three goals. Or at least in regulation time, you know, I don't think people would count, you know, scoring scoring more than three goals in the penalties. And I mean, that's a different topic. I don't know if you want. Obviously, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, no, 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 no. And uh, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that really needs to be reflected in, into this yeah. game. You know, it, it. We knew that this this run of three goals or more throughout each game was eventually going to come to an end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously, we didn't expect it to be in this game because of again, and and this is no no miscredit to Costa Rica because of you know the tournament that they've had, but this is a very lackluster Costa Rica side. You know, this is this is a Costa Rica that's missing names. Obviously, the biggest one being Kaylor Navas in goal, but um, still, I, I should have been. I don't want to say a walk in the park for Mexico, but should have definitely have not gone to 120 minutes. Yeah, and I mean, and especially in penalties too, and. Um, you know, even at times, you know, just, just seeing the, the way Costa Rica was set up sometimes, I think it went up to what, six in the, in the back line. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can't remember, I can't remember the top of my head. Maybe, maybe the Canada game whenever Canada had five in the back line, but I mean, this is something that this team has to break down. Even given the, you're given the, the credit for that midfield and some of the, some of the attacking third options like, uh, Antuna, Pisado, um, you know, it was just frustrating to see all that, you know. Um, granted, Not, you know, you still got uh-huh. your goal, but you still got your goal. But still, at the end of the day, you know, I, I felt like I felt like we're, there was still more needed to be done. And, 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 and it just never came about. No, yeah, definitely. And and I, I want to go through the lineup real quickly. It's something that we didn't briefly mention it, but it's because you brought up the front three. And, and that's something that I really want to touch upon in this game. So obviously we started with the with, with the typical 4-4-3 that Tata Martin has been using this whole competition. Ochoa and goal, Chaka Rodriguez, uh, Salcedo, Nestor Arajo, Gallardo were your back line. John, uh, Jonathan, Edson, and Guardado were your midfield. And then up top you had uh, Antuna, Raul Jimenez, and Rodolfo Pizarro. Now, obviously, the front three was the main question as to whether or not Pizarro was going to get the start, whether or not Antuna could continue his good run of form, and whether or not Raul Jimenez can finally, finally be consistent enough in goal that he does, doesn't need to take three, four chances before he scores that one goal. Um, now, looking at this front three, I think we all expected this to be the front three, uh, but did it deliver to the hype and promise that we were expecting? Not necessarily, I would say. I don't know if that makes sense to you. No, 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 and and I, I no, I I think you make it perfectly, and and I want to go off what you're saying because I saw a lot of people, and 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 a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of people on social media saying that how Rodolfo Pizarro needed to start because he was the X factor in this front three, the man, the guy that was going to open things up, and the guy that was going to change the, the the game. And in the face of all of this, in the attack, um, and to a certain degree, I think he does add a little bit more than what El Piojo Alvarado does. But he he's he's nowhere near a Tecatito or a Lozano or you know even a Linus at this point in which he can dribble his way into the box and create something out of nothing. Sometimes you know, or is that too harsh for me to say that? Because I feel like he didn't do enough of that. Yeah, he had a good passing, which Raul Jimenez was able to score off of that. But I didn't really see him carry the carry the team on 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 the back of his shoulders throughout the game when I needed him to step up. I just I just think it's it's kind of it is kind of harsh to say because I mean I I just didn't really see it all around. Like to me at least, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said to you. You had some of your chances created, but like I just, I just didn't really see. Like obviously from Antuna, I mean, like I don't, I don't think the people who are hyping him up like really can defend him as much after this game. Um, I didn't really see it from Jonah. I didn't really see it from Andres. Really, I mean, it's 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 not really just pinpointing one person. I just think you know. It was no, and, an and it wasn't just yeah. me trying to say like, look, yeah, it no, was no, no, all no, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I get it. It was it was me just kind of trying to set up kind of a, a question in which I was going to kind of just layer it back and, and, and trigger it all the way back to the defense in which I felt that there was key players that were mentioned throughout this whole competition that just did not stand up for the moment at hand. Yeah, yeah. No, no, most, most definitely too. And, and that's just that's just the frustrating part about about all this to me is because you see you see these players how their form is going into the tournament. You're seeing them, you know, thrive. In the in the group in the group stage, and then all of a sudden, just seems like just come crashing down uh, a little bit. I wouldn't. I think crashing down is kind of a little harsh because you did see some bright spots, but it just you, you didn't get that consistency for the whole ninety minutes to to put you in the situation uh, to win. And then you especially especially in in the uh, the extra thirty minutes too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to read off a couple of the comments here. Um, uh, Mo- money, Mo- money. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Uh, he said, uh, remember though, that's not his original position to play. It has. He's more of an attacking midfielder in regards to the Pizarro situation, which I agree to to an extent. I feel like he is being a little bit out of position. Um, but that is a position that he he was kind of thriving under Tata, and that was a position that a lot of people were kind of giving him credit for. Um. But yes, also I, I guess you do have to take this with a grain of salt and remembering that his main actual position is within the midfield and kind of having a free roam role, which you don't really have that in this formation. No. Um, uh, Louis, our good friend Louis, says, "What was more nerve-wracking, the game against Germany or this game against Costa Rica?" Obviously, throwing it back to the World Cup game in which Mexico beats Germany. One no, uh, I want to talk about that a little bit later on. So, great question, Louis. We'll, we'll get back to that question uh, because there is uh, the, the, there's just this kind of uh, ongoing debate and, and this kind of ongoing stuff about whether or not this game was as nerve-wracking. And I've seen a lot of people talking about this game and the thrill aspect of all of it. And, and I do want to get to that point a little bit later. But I, I don't want to veer off too much from this from this analysis of this game because I think um, what we take out of this game is going to be so important into how we go into tomorrow's match against Haiti. Um, so, Dylan, back to this game, back to the questions back to the uncertainties of all these players. Is this just an off game and, and we can just write it off like that? Or is there something in this in which we should be concerned and worried about? Well, you know, I, I kind of see it as, as oh, it's kind of, I feel like it's contradicting to say both because I've, because like really, you know, I think this was a, a, a big test for Tata because I, I think I've even said it too. If anybody got a chance to listen to me talking with, um, with John from the Continemics podcast, you know, whenever you hear Concacaf, you know, obviously I think I think Mexico is the big one. Did you hear probably United States and then Costa Rica next, or uh, however you hear it? And so you know, I feel like this is I feel like Costa Rica was gonna be a big test because I feel like Costa Rica is one of those one of those bigs in in the federation, and so. I feel like yeah, I feel like this is what Tata's gonna see from from Concacaf teams, like real Concacaf teams, is that defending style. Cause like, let's be honest, you know, they set they set back sometimes, and you know, um, until they try to take it in the halftime like that. But obviously, we scored, uh, we were able, uh, was able to get one in, and then you know, after coming in from the second half, you know, they were they were going, you know, they didn't have that back line or five or six. You know, it just it just seemed like it was a backline of four, and then all of a sudden they get their penalty, and then they go back into defending it. And at that point, that's whenever you knew too that it uh, it was going to be a frustrating thing for Mexico because after they scored, like let's be honest, they were going to sit back again, and you knew it. And so it's just a matter of it's just a matter of process of watching this tape, um, and Tata realizing this is this is how some teams are going to be, especially the Central America teams. Um, I wouldn't say you necessarily write it off, but I kind of see it being an off day too. Okay, okay. I think um, I I know I I think you put it into good context here. You know, it's uh, it was definitely a test in which I think I wouldn't say Tata passes, um, but he doesn't quite necessarily fail either because yeah. he goes into the next round. Now, I, you know, I was watching this whole game. Um, and and I was watching it at uh, at a bar, and and everyone was going crazy, and 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 throughout you know nerves and everything. And in the back of my mind, the whole time was, if Mexico loses this game, and and, and I was just thinking, what 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 would have been the repercussions? What would have been, you know, what would have happened? Would have people start calling for Tata Martino's job already? Would have would 
you know, how would the Mexican media have spent all of this? Obviously, it would have been a huge, huge, huge failure in mm-hmm. in, in terms of how this competition was supposed to go. Um, so it did in the back of my mind, I was just wondering, like, you, you know, how do you let yourself get into this position? How do you how do you allow yourself not only as a professional, but 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 as a person who's supposed to kind of feel for the national team? And I'm talking players and coaches right here. And, you know, how, how can you allow yourself to be into this position, you know, when you, yeah. you clearly yourself were stating that you were going to be the favorites, you know? And, and, and that was, the, for me, the most baffling thing about all of this is how was Mexico in this position 120 minutes in? And, you know, gratefully enough, Ochoa even made a, a really a crucial save within within uh, within extra time that kept us going for 120 yeah. minutes. Not even, not even just that. A lot of times, too. Yeah, you know. So, I think, um, I think there there will be a lot of questions, and we'll try to answer most of them when we get to the Haiti game. Uh, but all around, I think this game just ultimately, it 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 stunk for Mexico all around, right? Just yeah, wasn't enough consistency. At the passing was off. Uh, the rhythm, the intensity. I I think maybe even Mexico once they get to that one goal margin, which is not even that long before halftime ends. I think they're just coasting at that point. You know, they're just like, okay, we got our goal. They're 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 gonna they're gonna have to do something, right? But mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they anticipated the way that they were that they were gonna get played. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you 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 could say you know, um, all all you want, you know that that uh, you know, obviously the penalty wasn't a penalty. You know, he he tripped on his own and everything, and yeah, I mean, I I agree to that too. I said to that, but at the end of the day, it, it shouldn't have never came to that, especially from the back line, to me. Yeah, no, and 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 that's one thing that a lot of people, especially on social media, were criticizing was oh, the referee made it so that they came. Well, the referee made one bad call, but that's it. You had an abundance. Let me see. When 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 did they score their goal? That was it. Was about the fiftieth minute, fifty second minute. It wasn't. Too yeah. Long. Yeah. So you had fifty minutes prior to that. To get yourself an even bigger lead, in which you could have, let's face it, you could have, you could have had yourself a bigger lead. You didn't. Yes, granted, the referee made a terrible mistake. It was clear as day that that was never a penalty. But also, I want to question the two the two wingbacks at, in in that position. How is it that you get played? It was a very Sunday League type of goal. If 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 that's even a, a phrase to use in this matter, because you. You let the ball bounce first of all, and and you let it bounce in between the both of you. There's no communication, and because of that, the Costa Rica player is able to get it. Like that's terrible defending from both players, not not just Chaka but Gallardo as well. I see a lot of people throwing a lot a lot of shade towards Chaka, but I, I got a question too. What is Gallardo doing at that point? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's a, I mean, it's the thing. Like you know, like like you even said too. Like the finishing just wasn't there. It should have never been just that. Oh, I mean, yeah, it ended one nil at halftime, but it could have it could have been two nil at most, maybe to to go into the second half. But it just it just didn't. And you know, it's just it's just those questions, you know. And it's something that's got to be fixed, like no matter what. Yeah. So obviously, defensively, we were terrible. I know a lot of people want to talk about the referee, how he messed it up. That shouldn't have been a call. Fine, granted. He made a mistake. You get you you get these anomalies in these games. That's that's just a matter at hand. It's how do you come back from those moments? It's how can you sit in front of adversity and be like, okay, I got dealt a wrong hand here, but I have enough talent and enough self belief in my team that I can go out and pursue and get another goal, which they should have. By the way, the goalkeeper in Costa Rica. I know Troy gets a lot of credit and he rightly rightfully does, but this Costa Rica keeper kept them in this game just as much as memo kept us. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, agree. and you have to, you, you, you have to obviously give him credit where credit is due, but at the same time, it's like, you, you gotta be more refined. You know, some of these opportunities, you're just thinking, shoot a little bit more to left, shoot a little bit more to right. And that's in. But uh, I felt, I felt sometimes in, uh, especially after that penalty goes in, um, I, I felt that Mexico, uh, yeah, I felt I felt terrible for him. You guys already know. I want him to get the golden glove. There's no way he's getting that golden glove. I think Zach uh, Stefan is now into four gold, uh, four clean sheets, consecutive yeah. clean sheets too. So that means now that you know I, I, he's got that wrapped up. There's no memo, no way he gets it. Um, 
unfortunately. But uh, but the response from Mexico, it wasn't necessarily the wrong one, but it definitely was not the right one. I felt the team too rushed at times. I felt the team was a bit too um, too hesitant in front of goal. Um, I felt that some of the players got tunnel vision. Uh, one of the players, Antuna, but you know, back to mentioning him, a player that we really needed him to continue the good form, run of form he is, and to actually demonstrate why it is that people are calling him to be kind of this next big uh, Mexico player for the national team. And he just he, he got too much tunnel vision. I, I didn't see enough uh, creativity from him. He it looked like he was like, okay, I'm gonna have the ball on my feet. I'm gonna run. I know I'm faster than them. I'm gonna get them, and I'm gonna shoot on goal. And it never worked. It never worked. He never tried finding Raul inside. Uh, and whenever he did, he just played the the, the wrong pass. Uh, I, I felt that we 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 overused that right-hand side so much. And funny enough to use another correlation to America and whenever we do get into those moments of frustration, how much we bombard that right-hand side. Um, I felt Mexico did the same thing. And, and it just it wasn't smart. It wasn't clever. And like you said, he has to get used to these uh, to, to these teams in CONCACAF closing and shutting themselves down. And at that point, that is when we needed to see that Mexico who could touch the ball four, six, eight times before getting in front of goal. And once they did, they chose either the right shot or the right pass to keep the play going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree too. It's just, you know, there there is some times too where, especially like some long-range shots, you know, where like, it just wasn't the, it just wasn't the shot like it just wasn't there uh some of the shots were off target some might have been on but you know at at most it was just frustrating to watch still let me t- yeah. let, let me just read you the stats because you're right on the money right there look at this mexico had a total of 22 shots that game you want to know what the conversion rate of shots on target was it was a total of 5 shots on target that is 22 shots out of those 22 shots only 5 we're on target. I mean, I could do the math right now for you, but you that is math. yeah. Well, my calculator can do math. I can't do math. You know how <laughs> us millennials. That is <laughs> that is a conversion rate of four percent. Right? Am I doing this right? No, I don't think you're doing. No, that sorry. Right. That, that is a conversion rate God, of twenty three percent. God, the Ivan. Well, you know what? They come they come for the soccer, but they stay for the math. And I hope they don't because then they're, they're definitely going to they're definitely going to fail their math class uh, with us as their tutors. But hey, <laughs> if you guys are interested in uh, the Eagle Eye Podcast tutoring services, you are more than welcome to uh, you know, inquire about us, my specialty math and Dylan's specialty uh, chemistry. Oh hell. <laughs> you definitely want to fail if you ask me for chemistry. <laughs> Uh, but going back to the game, so obviously that's a conversion rate of 23%. That's terrible. In front of goal, you had 22 shots. Um, you know, yeah, you dominated possession with 60%, and your passing was at 583. But, uh, you, you know, you just you – didn't, you didn't seem like the Mexico we needed you to be. And to have to go all the way into penalties – uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate, you know. It's unfortunate, and, you know, you hate to see it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you think the the little wake up call was Martinique, but now I just I just hope this one's a, a bigger wake up call. Yeah, this one needs to be a bigger wake up call. It really needs to. Um, and and we'll talk about that more when we get to the Haiti game. But, um, obviously, I think just to end this, you know, review, it's uh, it was poor on Mexico's end. And we should uh, we, we should definitely I wouldn't say be worried but show a bit of concern uh, with this national team especially after maybe uh, overinflating it a bit too much you know maybe the hype was a bit more than what it should have been especially taking into consideration everything that's been happening but um, before we end this uh, this uh, review oh, of God. the game I know. I do. I do want to transition into the uh, the hashtag no memo no party segment of the podcast, in which we take a minute of silence to bowfully grace amongst our saint, Mister Paco Guillermo Ochoa. Um, I mean, all I really want to say is, look, the guy had an amazing game, uh, but it's nothing new. Something that we've never seen from him, you know? Exactly. Nothing new. Just. Just it was just like a normal day in the office for him, I think. 
Yeah, it, it was just a chua being a chua. <laughs> yeah, for <real>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, but you know what? I'm I'm very happy for him. Um, I'm I'm very happy that he's getting the recognition that he's always deserved to have. Um, I think I'm the only one that kind of praises for him out here in the community sometimes. Um, but to see him get the get the backing of of the players and 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 the fans and the coaching staff, it's it's tremendous. Um, especially for someone who's who's had the career he's had and uh, maybe because where he comes from, he gets a lot of kind of hatred too. Because you know, it's either you love him or you hate him because of his America roots. But um, he's definitely he's definitely one that uh, I think I I think there's no argument. Even though people will say there's no argument for me, it's you know the greatest Mexican goalkeeper of all time. Um, which I guess I know it's debatable, and and but I I will defend it to till my grave that he is no doubt uh, at this point in time. The, the best Mexican goalkeeper to ever to ever grace on this planet, but um, yeah, you know, it, and and as a goalkeeper, you know, it's it's the perfect moment, you know, especially with him being the captain, you know, for him to come into the penalty shootout situation after making some pretty good saves to keep the game in, um, you know, you really can't write the script. And I know you being as a goalkeeper as well, Dylan. I think it's just a, it's overall, um, you know, it, it, it's it's a good way to see you know one of your uh, you know one of these players that you've seen your whole entire you know, life to 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 have the the moment that he he probably has deserved for for quite some time. Ivan, mean, does it frustrate you? People saying Campos is better than Ochoa. It does frustrate me. It does frustrate me. I don't think Campos is at his level. I don't think Campos will ever in his prime was at Ochoa's level. And I know how controversial that statement right now is. And if some <laughs> people some people will come back and say, "How dare he?" Um, but look. Uh, I get it. Campos had a, had some some hops on him. I, you know, he had some. You know, he had he had a pretty decent reach. But he, I mean, you look at the way he's built, and you look at the way Memo's built. You, Campos is not built like Memo. Memo is an athletic goalkeeper. You see him. You seen him. You seen him live, Dylan. You, you, you got to remember too. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to pick sides here, but I'm just saying like like Campos was like five six. Memo's like we're like six three. Yeah, Memo's six one. Campos is five five. Campos was like five six, five eight. No. Yeah, it's five 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 ten. Five, no, he's five no, ten. No, 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 no. He wasn't. He was shorter than that. He, five seven. That's yeah. I told you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's me making ridiculous saves. Nah. Either way. Either way. I, for me, it's memo. Um, I think it'll always be Memo. Um, and until there's another goalkeeper that uh, you know does exactly what he did and just a bit more, um, I don't think that uh, that's gonna be up for debate anytime soon. But we'll see. But congratulations to Memo if you're listening to this. Uh, you know, shout out to you. Keep those curls alive, and in in you we trust. Uh, and yeah, I, I think he's gonna be very crucial in um in, in these both upcoming games. Uh, not just only for goalkeeper, but I think um, uh, as a leader as well. I'm sad, bro. Missed. Yeah, Raul missed the penalty. How crazy is that? And in the same stadium, he missed last time. Oh yeah, hun. that's true, huh? So, talk about uh, talk about crazy. But well, uh, we'll I'll, leave it at that. No, uh-huh. I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave it at that. I respect both Campos and Memo, but I will not pick on this controversy. <laughs> So. I will I will always be hashtag uh, memo over campus. All right. Remember, hashtag no memo, no party. And that is that. So, Dylan, ultimately, poor game, uh, poor results in all fairness. Yet we still made it into another semifinal of this Gold Cup. And now the real test is whether or not are we going to get our homework done against Haiti? Well, you think. You really would, but it's it's – you really think, and you would, you know, I think Haiti are on cloud nine right now, especially after their comeback against Canada. My goodness, what a comeback that was. Yeah, and so, he, I mean, like, I, I think I think this team's brought back down a little bit more, and hey, I think Haiti's, Haiti's on, top, uh, on top of the world right now, and that's fine. You know, obviously historic for them and everything. I respect that. I get it. But at the same time, you know, I, I think they realized too, like you know, they're they're gonna they're playing the favorites to win the tournament. And Mexico and Mexico know know too that they they gotta get their act together. You know, I think I think Tata like really ripped a new one in there after the game. 
<laughs> and uh, by the way, Tata Martino will be out for this game, correct? Oh, yes. You're right. Yes, he will. And that's interesting because I know um, uh, I one of our uh, one of our listeners here was commenting, uh, you know, Louis, it was against Louis. Uh, he was like, how much will Tata be missed against Haiti? Um, and we'll talk about that right now, too. But uh, right before Haiti, because we're going to get into that preview right now, uh, I do want to just uh, just lastly talk uh, talk about this Costa Rica game in regards to what our good friend Louis was saying earlier on the podcast when he asked us, what was more nerve-wracking, what was more uh, nail-biting situation, this game against Costa Rica or the game against Germany? Because I did see this kind of debate going on, and a lot of people were kind of saying, oh, this game against Costa Rica – going to penalties, you didn't know, Raul Jimenez missed, he never misses, and what was you, what was you, I know you've seen this too, Dylan, what was your take on all of this, that, that some people are, are actually saying that this game was as nerve-wracking as a World Cup game against the ex-world champions? I, I just don't see it on that level, like, I really don't, because, um, Obviously, the two different competitions. One, one's on the, I, I guess, I guess, it's kind of contradicting to say an international, worldwide stage. Well, Gold Cup, obviously, yeah, it's international, but you know, it's it's within. It's not it's global. Within, yeah, it's not global. That's that's the thing. You know, it's it's within like you know, uh, this like obviously like North America, Central, and like some Caribbean islands and everything. But I just don't see it being nerve wracking the same as it was against Germany. I really don't. Now let me pose the the following question. Now that you've answered it, because I, I feel the same way about you, I saw a lot of people celebrating this win. A lot of people celebrating that Mexico got the win over Costa Rica, and hailing, you know, giving each other praises, saying what a nerve wracking game, the atmosphere, yada yada yada. Did this, this national team, did this game that we just witnessed against Costa Rica, did it merit? A celebration like the celebration you saw going all around social media. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're still I mean, passionate no, about your team winning. Okay, still, yes. Now, now let me. Team winning. Okay, so let me now, now let me put it in, in this context, just for you on a personal note, and then we'll, we'll we'll try to get into the grand scheme of things. But for you, did you celebrate that victory? Did you scream? Did you say yes? Did 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 you just celebrate knowing that you won this penalty shootout? Oh, I mean, like, I wouldn't say, like, I screamed, Ivan, but, like, I was happy, like, 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 yeah. Like, no, because the people at the bar were screaming like crazy that Mexico won this game. And this well, whole time, well, the whole time, I was thinking to myself, I can't believe we're in this situation. We're 120 minutes in. We've yet to, we've yet to look like the side we're supposed to be. And now we're going to celebrate that we won a penalty shootout against a lackluster Costa Rican team. I felt like there's more questions than, than answers. And I felt that we should be more critical in this game and we shouldn't even celebrate it the way that we celebrated this game. Well, well, I'm okay. Like, okay. Like I'll put it like this. Did I, did I celebrate? Well, no, because I'd look like an idiot and a fool in the bar because I'm the only one watching soccer at that point. So I don't want nobody <laughs> staring at me. <laughs> and plus there, there's, there's just some drunk people in there. So I don't want them to be looking at me like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> and, and so, and so, you know, I was straddling that line I was straddling that line, like, yeah, you know, obviously, like, I'm passionate about my team. Yeah, we won. You know, I'm ha- I'm happy for it. But at the same time, too, I'm I'm like, why did, why do we put ourselves in this situation? You know, I I think I think you can find yourself in in between because yeah, you know, like, obviously, you know, I, I feel the colors for the team, Ivan. Mean, you know this, you know this the most. You know, uh, Mexico was the first soccer, was what got me into soccer too, just watching the national team, and so. It was really good to see see my team win. Obviously, you know, uh, it was nerve wracking for me because uh, we got ourselves in that situation. You know, I had questions. You know, and and you know, it was just uh, just overall frustrating game. And so I still have those questions. I I still I'm still talking about obviously. But at the end of the day, I'm still happy for my team that we're in in because I knew how much how bad it would have looked. How bad it would have been if we wouldn't fallen out to Costa Rica in the quarterfinals of a tournament that we're favored to win every every time we play in it. And it's just I was mad the whole time. Even after we won, I was mad the whole time. Is because we shouldn't be in this situation. And it's the same at it's the same mindset that I keep going back to, especially when we talk about how you know there's this celebration. Like for example, 
you know, five years ago was when the no era penalty. How can we still not let that go? How can we still, as a nation, as a football nation that claims and strives to be a world-dominant football nation, you you can't have this mentality. You can't go around and sell. If Germany was in that same situation, if Germany was in 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 in, in this same situation, you think they would have celebrated the way they did to, playing against a Slovakia side? You think you think you think their you think their media would have twisted around? You think their the 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 fans would have had it the same way? You think their mindset would have been the same as the ones uh, as ours? I don't know. I don't know much about Germany football. <laughs> or Probably media. would have had a uh, a Polish dog or something. I don't know whatever goes for for food <laughs> over there in Germany. But it's it's. I don't know. I, I think the mindset needs to change around this Mexican national team. I think we need to start. Um, we, we need to be more refined in our in our thought process with the Mexican national team. I think these games like this, we shouldn't be celebrating the way we celebrate it. We should be more angry than we what we really are, and we should be asking more questions than actually praising uh, a game like this. You know, granted, I get it. There's the fan side to this, and I get that there's thrills and excitement in a game in which you go out and you play 120 minutes, and then you go into a penalty shootout in which you don't know whether or not you're going to come out on top. But still, I think as a football nation that thrives, that wants to be more, that that pushes and strives for the world to see them as more and as better, you need to you need to have that mindset at all times. And you just and you can't fall back into it, especially in a game like this against Costa Rica, in which you were undoubtedly the favorite to walk away with with the victory, but you couldn't get the job done and you went down to a coin toss and were lucky enough to walk out. You know? Yeah, no. I definitely agree. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I get it what you mean by, especially by like the no end up and out thing. Like, you know, um, and that, um, I mean, I, that sticks to me a lot because that was actually like my first World Cup, like that I was like into and like really like, like reading from Mexico. Like, I thought, and everything. That's a whole different story. But, you know, <clears throat> and, it, it just, it just comes, it just comes down to a lot of things too, technical, technical things too, but, you know, at the end, at the end of the day, you know, I just, I, it's just the way, it, this is the way it's going to be. It just seems like unless uh, people want to change the way we see this team and and think about this team. Definitely, definitely. But we'll leave it at that. We'll we'll probably have much more of this conversation after the Haiti game if Mexico does not get, uh, uh, you know, get their all all their ducks lined up in a row. But uh, talking about that, let's go on and let's preview the Mexico against Haiti. So Mexico finds themselves in yet another edition of the semifinal in the Gold Cup as they face off against Haiti tomorrow over there in the University of Phoenix Stadium, which, by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, was that the same stadium in which uh, Club America faced uh, Manchester United last season? Yeah, that's the same one. I think so. Same stadium. Well, if Henry Martin was there, you would have assured yourself a goal, but looks like he uh, he got left out, as we all know. But uh, Mexico will be facing off against Haiti there uh, tomorrow. Kickoff time is somewhere between 6 to 7 o'clock. I have no idea what's going on, to be honest, with these t- kickoff times. They're ridiculous. Um, I have it here at 7.30 uh, Pacific time. That would be 9.30 your time in Central. And, of course, our good friends down in the East Coast, that will be a late late game and i hope that it does not go into penalties because that means that some of you are going to be waking up a little bit late to go to work but that is uh uh 10 30 p.m eastern time so uh besides the wonky kickoff game uh what can we expect in this matchup against haiti obviously a team that's on cloud nine like you mentioned dylan coming off a great great victory a historic victory against canada after going two nil down and then finding themselves to be three two up at the end a game in which uh they even took uh took down costa rica to find themselves in 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 the playoffs of this gold cup so a team that obviously merits the respect and merits the praise that they've gotten to this point in this far into the competition. But I think this is where Mexico has to play the villain in their fairy tale role and kind of crush their dreams and kind of assert dominance in this competition. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. And obviously, like you said, you know, Haiti uh, with the, with the same track record as us, you know, going three for three in the group stage, obviously a comeback win against Canada was very historic for them. And obviously, you know, we go three for three. Two two games out of the three were were, were really were really well done, well crafted. The third game, uh, you know, it's, it's 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 not not where it was with the first two. And then obviously, you see what happens against Costa Rica. Um, 
really, you know, it, it's like you said, like, are we going to have our homework done? Are we going to come out and, and, uh, and play our game and play just our game? That's it. Don't play nobody else's game. Anything. Um, I think you still come out with, uh, with the same intensity too. You go out, you go get an early goal, um, and everything. And I think this is a good, I think this, I think the background will be tested too again, um, against this side, especially, especially how the performance they had against Costa Rica. It wasn't that great to me, but I think it's going to be a fun match all around. No, yeah, definitely. Um, we'll we'll talk about Haiti and and what to expect from them in regards to this in this game. But before uh, we go any further, I, I think it should be it should it should be a good starting point for us to predict the starting eleven, and then we can go off of that. Um, so, what could you what could we expect from Mexico in the starting eleven? I think I think it's almost a repeat of last game. I think uh, I'll go ahead and correct me if I'm wrong. If, if I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, make, I'll, make, I'll make my switches uh, while I'm naming it. But um, Ochoa and Go, obviously, uh, Gallardo, uh, Chaka, even though I don't want Chaka starting, I, I, I still think uh, uh, Tata, gives, uh, Tata gives him the start. But uh, Chaka, uh, Arajo, um, I'm sorry, I went blank. Uh, Sacedo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know, like, it's kind of hard to say because. Moreno didn't get minutes against the uh, gosh thing. I'm just going blank right now. I'm so sorry against Costa Rica. So I would like Moreno to start, but it's kind of hard to see that like, with him not getting any minutes so far in this tournament. Um, if not, I think it's going to be Salcedo. Uh, Edson, obviously, Edson pivotal. Uh, we already know that Andres. I think he put Charlie back in the lineup. Uh, then you go with the same up three up top, uh, Antuna, Jimenez, and Pisado. You know, I think that's actually perfect. I don't think I would have changed anything either. Um, yeah, I, I think it's the same lineup. I, I think you have to go with the same lineup. Um, as terrible as a game that they had against Costa Rica, this is a chance for them to mend for those mistakes and actually to come in and actually demonstrate as to whether or not that they're capable of, you know, representing the Mexican national team to this, to, you know, in this competition and actually winning it on their own merits. Um, look. I need to see. I need to see some anger from some of these players. You know, they came out and they said that they were frustrated, that they weren't happy with the result, that they, you know, that they they know they could do better. Now, this is a moment and chance in which you have to prove and go out there and demonstrate better, right? So, exactly. You know, if if I don't see Mexico that is fired up and looking and and swallowing the the opponent, then then I don't think this is a Mexico side that deserves to go into the next round. You know, it's how much, how badly do you want it? You know, not the competition. Oh. Hold on, but, hold on. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Moreno did get minutes. I remember. He now. did. He did. Yeah. My bad. My bad. I don't, I forgot if he did or not. Oh, but sorry. I don't. Go ahead. But I don't think he starts. And 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 I'll talk to you exactly as to why I think Chaka starts too over Navarro. Um, when we when we talk about Haiti in a, in a second, but um, yeah, I I I need to see intensity. And and I think you you said it right perfectly. You need to get that early goal. Right, you need to get that early goal. You need to get things going. You need to crush Haiti's dream from the get go. There's no two ways about it. You can't play simple. And to be honest, I need to see uh, I need to see a washout from from Mexico. You know, as as much credit as we give Haiti and as great of a game uh, that they're playing, uh, there is no way man for man and 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 passion and 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 talent can only and and you know, resourcefulness can only take you so far in a game. I think Mexico needs to match that ten times and. And completely wipe wipe the field with Haiti. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, you, you said it, especially on paper too. On paper, you know, this Mexico side obviously is a favorite. You know, and and obviously, you know, you write that off again about Costa Rica too. But look what happened. Mm-hmm. So you you have to play on your favoritism. Uh, you have to go out there and demonstrate as to why you're the better nation and why you're the favorite. So you got to go out there and and continue to continue to be who you are, and you know. Walk away with 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 two three goals by the end of the first half, and then continue to do what you were doing in the second. Exactly. I mean, it sounds easy, but you know, it's just it's just will, will this team get that grip and and go forward with it? So, how does Mexico have to come out and play this game? I think it's kind of straight and simple. The way that you were playing against those uh, South American teams, the way that you were playing against you know uh, the other Concacaf teams, in which you were washing the competition away. That's the same way you got to go about it. You got to move the ball. You got to be quick on your feet. And 
you got to be smart as to where you're playing that ball. You can't force it. You know, you can't be sloppy with it. And you definitely, and I, I cannot stress this enough, you cannot start sending long balls. That, that is, yeah, that yeah. Is, mm. that's, that's one thing that we didn't mention too, going back to Costa Rica game. It's just some, some I mean, like, you never really saw it but up to this point and then forcing the passes. And all of a sudden it, it comes and, like, they start to, to force those long balls and everything. And, you know, that, I think that's when you saw the frustration really come out with this team and stuff. But, you know, obviously, you know, we, we've praised this team about really holding possession and, and being crisp with their passes and really having a high uh, completion rate with their passes and everything. So that's that's what we got to get back to and just playing the playing our game. Don't worry about nothing else. Don't. And this is the point, like you said, you got to put you got to put that Costa Rica game behind. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating, and you know the players weren't happy with the result. But you got to put that behind and realize you still got to go forward. That you still got to play two more games to get to the um uh, to 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 be able to lift the cup and and you know get there to the final and everything. So you you got to stay you got to stay forward. You got to stay ahead. You can't be looking at the past or nothing. Yeah, no, you 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 got to keep continuously playing your game. You know, the game that you know and the game that Tata Martino has been implementing on them. Um, it's something and, that we praise them. In the game, in the game, they've been making it look pretty easy too. Exactly. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. So continue to do that. Continue to play your game. Anything else? No, just just be smart with the ball, really. Okay, be smart with the ball and and be precise with your with your with your shooting, right? Don't yeah. take those wild effort shots if they're not going to go on target. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't I, be I smart mean, about you, it. Don't your sh- don't. Your shot- uh-huh. Your shot, your shot should always test the keeper, whether you find the back of the net or not. Your shot should always test the keeper. Exactly, and hopefully that's the mindset that they're going into this game with. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Alrighty. So we talked a little bit about what Mexico needs to do. Let's talk about what Haiti most likely will attempt to do in this game. Um, and it's plain cut, dry, and simple. That I don't know why it's worked so perfect. If if it is, uh, and why other teams haven't been able to deal with it, but. They're gonna sit back and they're gonna try to release on on the counter. These ha- this Haitian team is ridiculously fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you obviously have to watch that, which is why Chaka starts this game over Navarro. Let's be let's face it. You you'd rather have Chaka trying to run down a winger than Navarro, right? I mean, I th- I think we saw what Ibarwen did with him, and you know Ibarwen's a pretty fast player as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. You know what else? What else do you expect from this Haitian side? I mean, no. I mean, you said it too, and I think almost every team leading up, especially the Costa Rica game, you know, has just just really set back. I mean, I mean, let's face it. Like I said it too. Whenever we're talking about the Costa Rica game, you know, their their back line consisted of five, sometimes even six players. You know, because that's just how defensive they're going, and I think that obviously they're trying to get us off the counter too. And so, um, like you said, like they're fast. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there were a lot of fouls too, especially if if Haiti does try to try to catch on the counter. I feel like we're gonna have to foul, um, really. So that's something we gotta be cautious about too, is not giving up too many too many chances for them to break on the counter and then us leading the fouls. And let's say like Edson ends with, ends up with the early yellow or something like that. Yeah, you gotta watch those. You gotta watch those, especially if you're gonna do a tactical foul. You need to be smart about when and where to do it. So. Um... It should pose as an interesting game for Mexico, but it should not pose as a difficult game at all. By no means necessary. Yes, they're going to be rough. Yes, they're going to be tough. Uh, and yes, they will foul you and they will try to get into your head like that. But you got to be smarter than that. You know, so these players have been through these scenarios more than enough uh, that they should be able to to go out and play their game. I think someone like Antuna is a player that they're going to look at to try to target and try to get under his skin a lot especially whenever he gets the ball. They know he's a fast, uh, pacey guy, so they're going to try to bring him on the ground. They're going to try to follow him. They're going to try to get in his head. I think it's players like Andres Guardado, like, you know, your Raul Jimenez's and your Charles, the, 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 the players that have been in these situations more need to kind of cuddle those uh, kind of younger players and say, look, this is how the game's going to be. This is how it is. You're going to have to suck it up, toughen up, and you're just going to have to you're just gonna have to get through it because we need you to play your game. And you and you mentioned Antuna too, you know, um, you know, needing to step up and everything. Um, if you go back at the Costa Rica game too, you see him at times look like he, well, not really look like, because obviously they didn't, but he got double marked, and then that's whenever you saw some of his weaknesses come out. And I, I think sometimes he just didn't know what to do with it. 
Um, but at, at the end, you know, I think this is a learning experience for him, and also this is a learning experience for the team because if they start to see that, then they know they got to do something else. And I think that I think that will create some space and some gaps in the in the back line for them to break through and have a chance. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So I guess we're gonna expect a pretty. Um... I, I want to say a fast-paced game at times, uh, but a lot of uh, stops and goes here and there, uh, depending on the Haitian side, whether or not that they're going to be as clean or not in regards to, to the way that they defend against us. But ultimately, I think Mexico should be able to take it, should be able to win this game, no question about it. And if that's the case, and I think that's what we're both predicting, what is your predicted scoreline for tomorrow? My predicted scoreline... I think I'm going to go I – th- I think this team finds its way back on track. I think they control this Haitian side to, to almost a crisp. I don't I want to say it's necessarily crispy. It's going to at times be a little off, but I think I'm going to go with a 3-1 win. Oh, my God. You're putting Ochoa another one that he doesn't get a clean sheet? I mean – I mean, you said it. You said it too. I mean, these counters could could be deadly if we're not careful. But uh, I I I just don't feel like this back line is 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 still there. I just I just feel like it. It's not, and I feel like we they find one past this. I think I, I think for a little bit it'll be a little bit of a no biter. I think we're pretty close, and Mexico will run away with it. Okay, I mean maybe we should just put Diego Reyes in there, and no goal will get scored. There you go. I don't. I don't think Gario like that. But <laughs> well, I mean, the one time Diego was in there was the time we got a clean sheet. So I don't know. Just stating facts here. Stating facts. And, All right. Well. Uh huh. Oh, and and then and then the next time the mistake it wasn't him. It was somebody else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. I mean. I mean, you know, how controversial? Say, how controversial would it be if I said Haiti win? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> hey, hey! But you know, you know, you know what though? Tom Marshall even put um, uh, Haiti Jamaica final, but he put asterisks next to it. Could be, could it be United States, could be Mexico too. Could definitely, could definitely be. Uh no, I'm going Mexico two zero. That's understandable too. I don't, I don't think they get. And the, and of course, of course, remember. you would say zero for Haiti. Of course, I I need my <laughs> somehow. Um, no, look, I think Mexico gets the job done, but it, they don't do it enough to convince me. Um, and we'll we'll take it from there. We'll see who who their opponent will be for the final, and and you know we'll we'll preview that and we'll talk about that. But I I, I don't see this Mexico side getting it all together. I, I I think there's just not enough depth in this squad. That there's one player that's definitely going to change the outcome of this game and going to kind of bring this team back to life. Um, I just I, I don't see it happening. You know I I see them struggling, but still walking away with the victory. It's understandable. Maybe the Reyes just bring them. I think that's what that's what they. You know what? Just put Memo uh, up top. You know, let him take let, a penalty. Yeah, no, let Memo let Memo go from from outside the box. Just let him have a chance on goal. Just let him try uh-huh. to dribble through everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that that just might be the key to to winning this game. You never <laughs> you never know. But alrighty then. So you guys can catch that game again t- again tomorrow, 7:30 p.m. Pacific time, live through Univision Deportes, and I believe regular Univision as well. Uh, shout out to all our friends from the L3 English community out there covering this game down in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. That's everyone down there from Footmax Nation. Uh, I believe our good friend uh, Mr. John Arnold there from Goal. Uh, let's see who else is down there. I believe Brian. Yeah, Brian will be there as well. Our, uh, one of our guests from, from this uh, L3 edition of the podcast will be there. Uh, so huge, huge shout out to everyone. And huge shout out to everyone that's making the trip all the way to Arizona that are coming down from here, California, uh, or wherever it is from whatever other state that you are going to just to go see the Mexican national team play in the semifinal. Hope you guys do enjoy yourselves. It is one amazing atmosphere to be part of. So you guys can catch all of that. And if for whatever reason you guys will not be watching that game because you are going to be stuck at a movie theater watching this summer's thrilling adventure of Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, you guys can also 
stay up to date with all the latest news in regards to the Mexican national team through our Twitter at Resaca America US. We'll have you guys covered with uh, live tweets and oh, we'll live tweet live this time. Chats. We will tweet this time. We had a we had a, a, a bit of a <laughs> of a hiccup in in regards to this game. Maybe that's why they struggled so much. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Maybe that's exactly why they struggled so much because we weren't there uh, live tweeting the game. But we will have that all situated for you guys. So if you guys cannot watch this game, if you guys have work, or if you guys will be watching, like I said, Spider Man Far From Home, like a certain host will be, uh, you guys will. Um, you guys will definitely be able to catch the game through those platforms in uh, social media or on our Twitter page. So make sure you guys do stay tuned to that. If you guys do not already, make sure you guys go follow us over there and at Instagram at America underscore US for Instagram. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify as well. SoundCloud, you guys already know the deal with that. If you guys are listening on there right now, thank you so much. We hope you guys have enjoyed this week's edition of the podcast. Uh, anything else you want to say in regards to the Mexican national team? I know we're going to, we have a couple of minutes left. We're going to jump. We're going to talk about America. We're going to talk about Giovanni Dos Santos. We're going to talk about uh, the Colossus Cup coming up against Boca Juniors. We're going to talk a lot about that uh, briefly and then uh, we'll, we'll sign off. But anything else that you need to say in regards to the Mexican national team before we kind of shut it and close it here? Mm, no, I think I think we covered it all, but I just wanted to say that uh, uh, Captain America is better than Spider-Man, but that's another topic for discussion. That, that, that is controversial. That is controversial. And yeah, we'll see about that. Even though, you know, this summer's Far From Home is supposed to be one of the most thrilling and epic adventures that we see Peter Parker embark into when he leaves Queens, New York. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not okay. going to it. It's okay. not like Sony okay. paid us for this. Okay, Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn. Um, okay, so uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll catch you guys on the Mexican national side of things, and uh, hopefully they get the victory against Haiti in a winning, comfortable fashion. And hopefully they prove me wrong and they you know prove everyone else right, and we can kind of put it to bed and say it was a one-off game against Costa Rica. So definitely, definitely. Definitely is hopefully what we all want to see in regards to this game coming up against Haiti. Alrighty, with that, we have a little bit of time left. We're going to talk about Las Aguilas de la America. We're going to talk about this Giovanni Santos rumor that has been going around. It seems, though, that it's been reported that everything has been finalized, quote-unquote. This is all speculation. There's nothing confirmed. There's nothing official. But if I'm not mistaken, it is saying that uh, Giovanni dos Santos is close to the imminent permanent move of coming to Las Aguilas del America, correct? Yes, it's looking that way. But doesn't like his uh, contract with MLS like conflicting or something like that? Yeah. So the thing with Giovanni dos Santos is he's still getting paid by the MLS, and obviously. For those of you who don't know, and some of you may already know the whole story, is uh, a player is under contract not with the team but with the league itself. So it's the league that's paying uh, the salary for him. So uh, he's not an official free agent until I believe uh, when is it? Um, yeah, that's uh, the wrong person. <laughs> wow, I'm drawing a huge blank. Uh, but he, he he's not a free yeah. agent yet. That's what I'm trying you, to say. He's not a free agent. You know why you know why you're drawing a huge blank, Ivan? What? It's because you're excited for Giovanni to wear an America jersey. I am. I would I I've said it time and time again, especially on this podcast. I am in favor of this move. I uh I you know I I can probably need more than five minutes to talk about this, but I can def- I can defend as to why I would like to see him in an America jersey. But that's probably for another podcast to come. Um but with Giovanni De Santos, the thing is that he is not a free agent yet. He's still under contract with the MLS. So if America was to go in right now, as of this moment, they cannot talk directly to the player and say, look, this is your salary, this is for how long, boom, bang, sign it, we're good. But they'd have to do is they'd have to go through the process of going through the MLS and having to pay MLS money and not just being directly saying, okay, we're going to just talk to Giovanni. They can talk directly to Giovanni and be like, hey, look, we're willing to offer you this much, but you're going to have to wait until this certain amount of time. And I don't think America wants to do that. I think they want to get they want to get Giovanni Santos on board as soon as possible, knowing that the league starts with what, about two, three weeks? Three weeks, if, I, if I'm not wrong. The league starts for, for us. Um, so yeah, preseason two weeks. off in two days. Um 
so America really wants to get as much done uh, as as much as their homework done before we're in like the almost the end of summer and it's like halfway through the season and we're probably bringing in our signings you know that we don't want to fall into that same state but in, they're gonna fall moment, into that state again let's be honest yeah we already know that it's 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 just evident that America is going to do that again. But the thing is right now with Giovanni Santos is he's not a free agent. You can't just directly go to him. You have to go to the MLS. And if that's the case, then MLS is not going to let Giovanni Santos go on a free if they can get some money out of it. So if that's the case, then America would have to be negotiating with MLS at the same time with Giovanni, which I could see why there's a lot of stipulation in regards as to whether or not he's going to be able to come, whether or not America needs to pay not just his salary, but also uh, a transfer fee for him, uh, you know, because a lot of people say, well, he's on a free. Yeah, he's on a free, but you have to wait until that certain period before he's actually able to be released as a free agent and where he's no longer being paid by the MLS. And until those checks are still coming in, they, they got to go through the MLS. And that's the thing that I think is is, is holding it back. But if all things do go uh, well, then it does seem that his salary would have gone down and he's taking a pay cut to come play for America. Well, you know, I'm on the fence about this whole thing, but I digress. Digress? You don't think it's a good move? I, I don't know, dude. I really don't. I don't know what to expect from Gio anymore. Well, I mean, gratefully so. You should be a little bit cautious in regards to Gio, but I think he's a player that can come in and really change the game. I mean, if he does, if he, if he does, I mean, great. You know, I'm glad to say that I was wrong, and everything. But just right now, it's just I can't, I can't pinpoint all this together right now. Well, we'll have to wait and see. So that's the latest on Giovanni Santos. No more big rumor coming out of Coapa at this moment. Obviously, yeah, because they don't want to spend money. Yeah, well, you already know what the deal is. We gotta, we gotta make, we gotta make money before we can spend money, right? So unless people start leaving through the front door, no one's gonna be coming in through that door either. Um, obviously, the biggest name that we've bought this season was what Ruben Gonzalez from Necaxa. Necaxa, oh yeah. <laughs> And uh, off camera, off camera, I Christian mentioned his name. And I was like, "Who?" Yeah, <laughs> I totally blanked. I forgot. <laughs> so that's the only official sign that America's made. Oriol Peralta has left. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, a lot of the a youngsters of have youngsters left, left which uh, on a loan deal to uh, Sacatepec. Yeah, I believe that's that's. Yeah. Terrible. I should have looked that up right now, but um, they they are on the loan deal though. So we, some of them, some of the names that we've rattled on here have left. Uh, we'll have you guys a little bit more up to date on whenever we do start previewing America, um, which will be next season, next week, I believe. So next week we should have going back full Club America coverage for you guys on the podcast as the Mexican national team should be done within this week. Correct. Yes, because the finals Monday, I, I believe. Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Sunday, Sunday. All righty. So we'll talk a lot more about Club America. We'll get you guys up to uh, up to date in regards to the roster moves and everything. Um, but but that doesn't mean we're done talking Club America because obviously the biggest game for America this preseason is coming up against Boca Juniors in the Colossus Cup, which. Funny enough, it's going to be played in the backyard of Christian, our host, uh, our co-host. He is going to be out there at the game, at the Colossus Cup, in New York Red Bull Arena, covering this game for the Eagle Eye podcast in uh, in alliance with the Rasaka America. So if you guys are going to be there or if you guys know of anyone that's going to be within the area, make sure you guys do go out, say hi to Christian, tell him what's up, take a picture with him, get his autograph, and uh, tell him to give you a Cowboy Dan special wave because you guys are amazing. And thank you so much for making this possible. I know he could not be on here, but if he was, he would have said thank you to all of you for making this dream come a reality for him i know he's very excited and he's super looking forward to this game on wednesday he's going to bring us the most utmost coverage of this game uh i'm excited for him i don't know are you excited for him too dylan oh yeah i'm excited for him too well, wouldn't be that be amazing. 
He's going to go out there. He's going to do great things. He's had, he has a couple of things in mind. Uh, he's definitely going to try to take pictures for you guys, take video of you guys. If you guys are going to be tailgating, whatever the situation is going to be on going down in New Jersey, which I know it's going to be a little hot. It's going to be a little warm, but still, either way, I think it should be a great atmosphere. So if you guys are excited for that, make sure you guys stay tuned to all our social media platforms. That is Instagram and Twitter at Resaca America US and at Resaca America underscore US for Instagram as Christian will have you guys covered with all things as Aguilas de la America against Boca Juniors down in New York Red Bull Arena. And, uh, you know, hopefully all, all things go well and America showcase a very good game. What do you expect for that game? Uh, you know, do you expect the America to come out on top? I mean, do you expect America to struggle? What, what do you think? I expect this team to play good. I, I, if the scoreline is close, you know, the scoreline doesn't matter to me. But if it's going to be like 10-0, 10 zip, then yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be frustrated and asking and wondering some damn questions. I'm between that piojo come on the damn podcast so I can ask him all these questions. But at the end of the day, I just I just want the team to flow. I just want the team to build the chemistry. You know, I, I, I build the chemistry even more than what it has been. I just want the team to play good. You know, if if the team goes down one zero, that's fine. If the team played good, the team's doing well. That's all that matters to me. It's preseason because. Because I think this cup coming up, but dude, is gonna gonna be big for the, for these guys. Yep, agreed, agreed to the fullest. Alrighty then, so we'll end it with this. Shout out, ladies, for Wednesday. Um, two one. Two-one for America. I'm going four-nil for America. We're going to be Boca Juniors, and they're going to see exactly why America is the best team in the region. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to the Lady Aguilas who had a tremendous preseason, by the way, out here in Illinois. Three for three. They rocked Chicago. They rocked everywhere else they went to in Illinois. Congratulations, ladies. You guys are making us even more proud and can't wait for your guys' season to start off really, really soon as well. They do have a bye week, so we won't see them on the first week, but we will yeah. keep you guys up to date in regards to all things hashtag Lady Aguilas. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us on this ep- episode, this special L3 edition of the EGUI podcast. Mexico will be playing against Haiti tomorrow. Make sure you guys stay tuned and catch that. Hopefully, we will be talking about uh, them playing a final in the upcoming week, and then, of course, we'll get into all things Las Aguilas and America next week as we get ready for more Colossus Cup, more uh, uh, Campeón de Campeones, and the start of the league, and then, of course, like I just mentioned, the Lady Aguilas and all things in regards to them and how their preseason and season are starting to line up. So without further ado, thank you so much to every single one of you guys. Thank you so much for everyone joining the chat. Gracias a todos ustedes que vinieron y, you know, you guys came out and said what's up. Uh, thank you so much to La Resaca America for, again, giving us a new home, a new network to be part of, and we are more and more than excited to get ready of this new season in regards to all things Las Aguilas de America and, of course, the Mexican national team. Dylan, as always, it's been a pleasure to have you and uh, can't wait to see you on the podcast next uh, next time. Yeah, dude. Um, my pleasure coming on and everything since you barely let Christian off with his off day that he requested. So he requested yeah. it like like four months ago, and 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 you know it was just there on my desk. Like I don't know if I should give it to him or not. Of course, I had to come in and approve it. <laughs> That's true. That's very very true. Alrighty, Christian, we love you. To hopefully you caught this podcast, and if you guys haven't done so, follow him on Twitter and follow us on Twitter. As he's going to bring you guys the most best coverage of America versus Boca Juniors in the Colossus Cup. Without further ado, that's been all of uh, all of. I don't even know how to sign this off. You know what? I'll see you guys next time. As always, arriba la América and vamos México. Goodbye. <laughs>